the king is back i'm asan and no that wasn't a reference to me being back on hosting duties you all know what i'm talking about city beat the huddersfield hillbillies 5-0 at the etihad yesterday and joining me to discuss everything from the game including the return of king kevin i've got lloyd and firstly steve morning steve good morning sir or should i say your majesty (laughs) (laughs) so huddersfield hillbillies am i going to get cancelled for that no, they were dirty, weren't they? I, I watched a bit of... Um, I missed much of a day last night. I watched it this morning and um, Moore was saying, we set our stall out early. And it's, yeah. whenever that phrase is used from a club beyond the Premier League, you know what he means. Absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, Happy New Year, mate. It's first part happy I've done new with you year. in the New Year. Yeah, it's a, a brilliant 2024 for us all. Absolutely. Lloyd, are you there? I am here, yeah. Happy New Year, mate. Happy New Year to you too. Um, they were a bit, bit agricultural. They? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Not just, not just the players. Sounds like some of their supporters were a bit, were a bit hillbilly mm. as well. So, yeah. What, 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 what can you do? That, that's the, uh, the magic of the FA Cup, I guess. At least yeah. it's another, know- a, another club to add to the list of <laughs> Jack Grealish, I guess. But why? What? I just don't get it. I mean, there are certain clubs where you think, okay, I kind of get it. But why? What do they have against Jack Grealish? I don't know. I just, I think, I think I Grealish has become the new Sterling in that sense. That yeah, just, you know, every season there's a couple of grounds that decide, or a couple of set of supporters that just decide they're going to boo him for for no reason. But yeah, I mean, they look in the end. I think they got their comeuppance. I think. 5-0 probably flattered them. I think hmm. when it went 5, I kind of looked at the clock and went, we could probably score another 3 here if we uh if we really fancied it. So, yeah, no, I think uh I think they definitely got their couple opens. But look, let's let's dive straight into it. Like I'm going to jump in with you. Just quick thoughts on uh, on the lineup, the way it looked on paper. Uh, Akanji right back, Rico in midfield, Gomez left back, Vardy all centre back. Those felt like the main headlines from that lineup. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the lineup actually. Um, I thought, you know, guys that needed a rest, i.e., mainly Rodri really, um, got one. Uh, Walker on the bench for, I think, what feels like the first time this season. Rico played in midfield. Yeah, like you say, Guardiola at centre-back rather than kind of that marauding left-back role that he's played a lot. And yeah, I mean, you know, I thought if we're going to play Gomez, this is probably the right game to do it. And said on the on the preview, I think it could be a record in terms of City having possession and how little possession Huddersfield will have. So like a midfield of Kovacic and Rico felt fine. So yeah, no, I was really happy with the team. Steve? Yeah, it looked intriguing as well. Uh, in addition to, you know, I mean, okay, Bob, Foden, Grealish, Alvarez, what's not to like there? But that, that midfield, Lewis Kovsic, that was intriguing. I thought, oh, I want to see how they play together, how how this works. Um, that was a key thing for me. That's, that's the immediate jump out of me. And like Lloyd said, the fact that, you know, Rodder's got to rest, Haaland's obviously still not available. So, in a sense, you know, still resting. Um it was all good. I, I really like the look of it. And Huddersfield had been in dire form. So went into it thinking, yeah, we can play 
you know, in inverted brackets, a weakened lineup today, uh, and absolutely get away with it. So I was pleased there uh, to see the lineup. Well, look, stay, just staying with you, um, the game the game kicked off uh, before we get to to the uh, to the <laughs> to the fellow who tried to get himself red carded with two challenges in 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 two seconds. How dirty did you think Huddersfield were once the game kicked off? Um, I think particularly in the first half because they were in the game and obviously it was nil nil in the first half an hour and that was part of their strategy quite clearly. Um, I think it, it you know kind of was less so in the second half, but in that first half there were some challenges going in which were dangerous. Um, and Chris talks about this all the time, doesn't he? When he's talking about refing on the pod, it all comes down to you know if you're endangering an opponent. Um, you know, we always kind of focus on intent and, you know, kind of how malicious a player is by his reputation or whatever it may be. We use different metrics to what referees and the law actually use, which is basically, you know, are you endangering an opponent there? So you look at that second challenge, for example, uh, which saw a yellow card, that could have easily been a red. He, he wasn't in control of himself and, and he used both feet. Um, and there were other challenges as well. Um a lot of head injuries and kind of, you know, stray arms and all the rest of it. I mean, agricultural is a perfect way of saying it, or just downright dirty. Mm. Lloyd, should Matos have got a red? Probably not, but I think it was, it, it was close, it was probably an orange card, I think, is how I'd describe it. Um, and yeah, I mean, the foot, I think the other word to emphasize is, like control, he had no control in that challenge on a candy, yeah. and actually both he ended up actually sweeping both of Akanji's legs. Uh, so he kind of takes his first one out, and then it's Akanji because of the force ends up kind of catching his left uh, knee in the ground, doesn't he? And I think that's what he goes off for injury wise. Um, it was nasty. I mean, he, he came down on his right side really hard, and then kind of his left kind of catches in the turf. So I thought it was, it was close. Um, I mean, if you combined it with the elbow, you could definitely have sent him off. Um, yeah. Uh, kind of putting them together, but yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I think you've been pretty generous there. I, <laughs> I think it's a straight red. I don't think there's any, I think if, if, uh, if there's VAR in the FA cup, I think he goes for a straight red. I think it's a terrible tackle. And I think also if there's VAR, they probably look at both the incidents because I think the elbow on 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 Rico, which I didn't, it happened so quickly that it took yeah. me a second to realise that it was a it was the same player that had done both things. And as soon as I realised that, it's like, how is that just one yellow card? I'm sorry. He could have got two yellows. Could have got a yellow for the elbow and then a yellow for uh, for the challenge on Akanji. Nobody would have complained. And he would have walked immediately, and that's possible as well, right? Did we not have VAR yesterday? I thought we did. No. I was under the impression that there wasn't any VAR. No, there was uh, no. But he mentioned it in commentary though, in something like the eighty-fifth minute, which really surprised me. So I don't know. No, there wasn't VAR yesterday. There was there was not a single. Check it says. Or, I think or, that's because of the the type of coverage we were watching though, because it was like a slightly folded. Coverage. Uh, the FA yeah. said that it w- it would be used in the FA Cup third round, but only for games played at Premier League grounds. Right. But I think because of the like stilted coverage, because you know how there were no, uh, it was kind of well. I watched it on the BBC, um, and it was, you know, um, 
they were just the commentators, that was it, and you know, there's nothing at half time or whatever. I Which think, is always hard, isn't it, when that happens? Yeah, it feels I feel weird. maybe we didn't see it, but it was going on. Um, I don't know. So, it, it, for me, that was if that was the case, if it was VAR, that's the most um, unobtrusive use of VAR I've witnessed so far, and that's very much welcomed. But then, if we're talking about the instant as we are, then you know, take a minute, lads, have a look at that, you know. Mm. Well, yeah, you're right. It seems to say, it seems to suggest that um, in Premier League grounds, VAR would would be used. But if if VAR was in use yesterday and he's not been given a red card for that, then that's pretty disappointing because I thought it was a really poor challenge. Anyway. <clears throat> uh, before we move on, Aysen, I should say yeah. as well, so often when we see these kind of events happening, particularly if it's kind of championship down playing against the Premier League team. So often we focus on the individuals and rightly so, of course, you know, he was the one who committed those acts, but I think Darren Moore shouldn't be excused as well because unquestionably there has been words spoken before the game. That is a strategy they went out with. You know, basically whatever terminology he used, he used that terminology and he basically is instructing his players to go out and play dirty. And if you're playing dirty, you are, in, you know, in effect, endangering footballers. So, um, yeah, more shouldn't be excused either, I don't think. No, definitely not. And I, I, But I, I guess that my, I always I always land on the side of, I expect the officials on the yeah. day yeah. to deal with something like that. And I, and I felt that that, that, that moment uh, in the first half and I, look, you, you don't want to see, you don't want to see, particularly in a tie like that, you don't want to see them get a man sent off because it's it's a dead tie anyway. And then if they're down to 10 men, then it's even more of a dead tie. But at the same time, for me, it was a red card. For me, the challenge on Akanji was a red card, let alone if you factor in the elbow on Lewis and then the challenge on Akanji. So, and if VAR was in play, well, well done VAR for <laughs> being useless again. Um so, Lloyd, how does City cope with their dirtiness? And did you feel that we slowly started to impose ourselves with our passing and movement? Yeah, I thought it was quite a slow start, actually, from mm. us. Um, I think it took us... Because, you know, even though the kind of front four were relatively first team... Um, Everybody else was a bit more kind of rotation, or there were, there, you know, there are players, a lot of players there that aren't used to playing in combinations with the other, for example. So I think it took us a little bit of time to work out, okay, how do we get Foden onto the ball? Because they were, they were basically five four, not even one really. It was almost like five five, wasn't it? Yeah. In terms of their structure, so it was about working out where, where's the space? Uh, how can we get Phil on the ball? And yeah, it took us a bit of time. I thought we were a bit slow and um, there was a little bit of sloppiness. So I thought, for example, Bob had a great game in the end, but I thought first 20 or so, first 25, gave the ball away a few times and like got into that really good position with a great little jig uh, on the top of the box coming in from the right and then a bit of a poor shot and gave the ball away a few times. But I think we worked it out after about, yeah, I'd say 25, 30 minutes and then obviously managed to get Foden on the ball and that was basically the direct result of the of the first two goals. Steve, mm. obviously we get the two goals in, in quick succession. Talk me through Phil's 
killer finish from did did Alvarez was that a cross? Was it what what was he doesn't seem to look up, he just seems to blam it in a certain yeah. And 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 Phil being Phil manages to control it and then blams it into the back of the net. Yeah, I don't know. If, if it was a shot by Alvarez, it was a very bad one. <laughs> um, the finish by Foden, it's just it's clinical. And I bang on about this, and I will continue to bang on about this. And, and I fear that I'll be banging on about this until Phil retires in many years' time. It's a, an aspect of his game that is just overlooked. I don't know if it's taken for granted by people or overlooked, but it's one or the other, and or both. He's so clinical. I mean, anytime he misses... He doesn't miss by far. He'll hit the post or, you know, just go to the other side or whatever. And that's a lot of the time it's because he's he's trying to be too precise and, and aim for the corners too much. But the lad is just a clinical finisher. And he could be, in a, if you strip away a lot of his other attributes, because, you know, you don't want to sacrifice those. You have to play him where you play him. But if he wasn't that kind of player that he is, kind of all silky and you know, superb at going in the pocket and his movement and his touch and all the rest of it, he could be one of the greatest centre forwards that the Premier League has ever seen. If he just, <laughs> I, I honestly believe that. If he was of oh, a different makeup, it. if he was a number nine and maybe a bit taller, it has to be said. If add another couple of inches on him, and if he was just an outright centre forward, he would be one of the absolute very best because that lad is clinical. He knows where the goal is and he blams it, but he does it with such precision um, to such an extent that when he gets in positions, you you, you basically, you, you never assume he's going to score, but you always assume that it's going to be there or thereabouts to lend an Andy Townsend phrase. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's probably, um, it's probably why he hasn't played in midfield uh, sooner mm. for City. I think I remember Guardiola saying a couple of years ago that when somebody's got the and bear in mind that two two three years ago we're talking about false nine City, right? And around around that period, I think that Pep said that when you've got a player like Phil who's got such a natural sniff of snort, scoring goals, you want him as close to the penalty area as often as as yeah. you can have him. So. Yeah, no, all right. You're right. I think I do think the last sort of twelve months uh, or last season. I think he obviously he had a he had a stop start season last season, and I think his finishing uh, in general in 2023 has slowly improved, um, mm. which is something that I wanted to see. But I think if you go back two three years, it's all it's always been to a degree very natural to his game. Uh, Lloyd, uh, the second goal. That we score, which I mean, I love that goal. Talk me through that goal. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our content, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes, and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So, what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.